0: CCG, to our Church Gathering, where we do what? We give Yeshua the preeminence. We put Jesus first. Where the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run it there, and they are Six. saved. Our Jesus is the head of the body, the church. And that in all of this, he might have the preeminence. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of us understand or know the love of God? How many of us know the love of God? There's a difference between the love of God and the love for God. The love of God is God's love towards us. While the love for God is our love towards Him. But we don't have, there's nothing like, we don't have our the love for God just by ourselves. We have the love for God first and foremost because of the love of God. The Bible said He first loved us before we love him. Amen. Let us, let's go back to the various basics of the love of God, which most of us know by heart, even some of us who are not going to church. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son for God so loved the world. Now, you can change the word for to the synonym because. Because God so loved the world, he gave. Amen. So the dimension of God's love is in his ability to give. His only begotten. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not die, but have long life, everlasting life. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. Why did he have to love the world so much? But The Bible does not say for God loved the world. God so loved the world. So he was showing that what the world was his love had to supersede the iniquities and the sins of the world for him to overlook all of those things and yet say i love the world and remember the world that god so loved was not the system of the world we're talking about the government God, the devil is the god of this world this system that's why governments are coming out with policies that that don't praise god in any way you find scientists are trying to prove god to be wrong, i had to create human beings. So what did God love? He loved the structure he created. I love this building. But somebody else, I would say, I love this house. But the person doesn't know what is happening inside that house. If the person comes inside the house and realizes that every day there is fighting, what would the person say? I love this house. But I don't love this, this house. Hmm? Do you understand? I love this house from outside. But when it gets inside, you say, I don't love this house. Because what governs the house inside is turmoil and infighting. But what he sees outside is the beauty of the creation. Amen. So God loved the world, the structure. But who makes the structure that God made? It is us, the humans, that he created to inherit the earth. So He does not just die for the structure, He died for the people that make the structure. Glory to God. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son. Let's link this to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. When you hear John three sixteen, 16, know that there is 1 John three sixteen, 16, and they two are similar. How do we know that God loves us? How do we know the love of God? We have read that God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. But how do we know this? 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. The Bible in Webster Bible says, by this we perceive the love of God because He laid down His life for us. For God so loved the word that He gave. But how do we perceive it? How do we know it? Because he laid down his life for us. So by this we perceive, we understand the love of God because he laid down his life. Remember, in not saying we perceive the love of Jesus. Amen. John 3, 6, says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But here we are getting in 1 John saying that by this by this act of God so loving the world that he gave his only begotten son we perceive the love of God because he lay down his life. He will God. He, God laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He's talking about sacrificial love. The love of God is a sacrificial love. The love of God is a sacrificial love. It's not a love that gives and expects anything in return. He says, by this, we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. How important are you? How important could you be? How important can you be that God himself will lay down his life for you? That's why I say, when you become born again, you don't say, I give my life to Christ you have no authority, you have no ability to give your life to Christ what you do is, you receive the life of God in you, amen because the Bible says the the, the lesser is always blessed by the greater so you the less cannot give up but you the less can take from up, amen the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from where? above and salvation is from where? above glory to God amen they say first John chapter 4. Oh verse 9 to 10. I'll read from the Webster Bible. It says, In this was manifested the love of God. Realize everything, of all the scriptures that I'm giving is talking about the love of God, not the love for God. In this was manifested the love of God towards us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So you see 1 John chapter 4 verse 9 is directly related to John chapter 3 verse 16 because it is the same person that wrote it. Amen. Verse 10 In this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us. Not that we loved God, but because he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the exchange, to be the sacrifice for our sins. The manifestations of the dimension of the love of God towards us is made possible for us to see and experience by the person of the Holy Spirit. I'll take it over again. The manifestation of the dimension of the love of God towards us is made possible for us to see and experience by the person of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. And hope does not make ashamed. Remember, the old Bible talks about in the Old Testament that for your shame you shall have what? Double. And here the Bible says, Hope does not make ashamed. Because the hope that God gives us is the hope that gives us boldness. Amen. Hope does not make ashamed. Because, why does it not make ashamed? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. By who? By the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. See, the Holy Spirit is given unto us. Amen. There is no difference between Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit. Say, hope does not make a shame. That's why we should we always have that hope. The Bible says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory of glory. And it says, hope does not make us shame because the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts. Amen. I wrote this as well. God showed us his love. Write it down if you can. God showed us his love not because we were good in any way. God showed us his love not because we were good in any way way. How do we know that? In Matthew chapter 19 verse 17 Jesus Christ told us the people Why do you call me good? There is none good. There is none good but one that is God. God showed us his love not because we are good in any way. Jesus Christ himself said it in Matthew 19 verse 17. Why do you call me good? There is none good but one that is God. In Romans chapter 3 verse 12, the Bible says, There is none that does good. No, not one. Remember I told us on Friday about Titus chapter 3 verse verse 5. That not by works of righteousness. Works of righteousness are good deeds. Not by the good things that we did, that God loved us. Not by works of righteousness that we did. It is not how good you are. It's how good God is. Amen. Now, but despite this all, despite the fact that the Bible says there is none good, no not one. There is none that does good. Let's look at what Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8 says. Amen. Verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, in due time is the, the appointed time, Christ died for the ungodly. First, 7, For scarcely, For a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure, yet perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. Verse 8. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, having the nature of sin, Christ died for us. I'm trying to show us the dimension of the love of God. Amen. The dimension of the love of God. God did not choose to love us because we are good people. He chose to love us because he created us in his image and likeness and the fall that man fell from the garden was not in God's plan. So God had to look for a means to restore man back to his original state. Amen. So therefore God's love towards us has to supersede our falling, has to supersede our disobedience, That's why the Bible says that where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Where sin is too much, the love of God is double. Amen. Let us take a look at the story in Luke chapter 15. Who knows about the prodigal son? But let's see something about the prodigal son that showed us about the love of God. Amen. That parable has so many different meanings. It has so many different messages in it. Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. But my focus will not be to all of them. I'll just go very fast to get to the point where I want to get to. And that should be in verse 22. It says, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me, that belong to me. And he divided them his living. And not many days after, This story is about us, right? Not many days after, this after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance and with righteous living. He squandered everything. 14, and when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. That is how when sometimes you ask, "God God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. God says, my son, okay, take your blessing. Because I know that you are heirs of God and heirs with Christ, right? Okay, you take your own inheritance. What happens is that most young boys, <laughs> they see why they're doing waste and they come. so. What happens is that we start living now life at large. We go back to places where normally you go to that mama in the quarter, you eat that same arrow for 500. You are looking for that place in town that they sell one place away for 6-5. Then mommy, if 500, put 3-meat, that place was 6-5, they put 2-meat. Why? Because the place that they're selling in the arrow for six five is AC, and then there's there's some color color lights, and the chair is softer. What happens is that because God bless you, instead of you to, in, to improve on your standard of giving, improves in your standard of living, In fact, spending not living. <laughs> Amen. There are people in this town. They don't go to anywhere. They sell bottle of drink for the normal price. If a bottle of top is five hundred, they go to a place that they sell for two thousand five hundred francs. You see? This is a typical example. I asked many of them. They were praying for God to give them open doors, God to bless them. But when it came, they want to show their friends that they too have arrived. And at the end of the day, what you hear them say when farmer comes, Mister Babdo enjoying his life, home. all the friends who were who were who were, who were wise enough, they only follow him for him to for them for him to buy the dash for two six five. But when they want to eat, they go to a place of five hundred. I say, hey, damn that mama, began that can, get money. Never be the person that they refer to you. You are in the past as you be. Amen. I would rather be poor now. And be rich tomorrow. Then be rich now and poor tomorrow. The story can never be the same. And many of us are like that. We ask for the blessing, but when it comes, we cannot handle it. I love it. It's what one one thing that the man of God said one time, I'll not call his name. He's in America. He said, Before there is a blessing, there is a breaking. Before there's a blessing there is a breaking. God will see your future and how much the blessing is upon your head. God will need to break you to a point where when the blessing comes, your foundation have, been, have gone so deep that the blessing cannot break you again. Amen. Many of us receive blessings when our foundations are not strong. That's why I find some rich people, no matter how many billions they have, they don't take all of it to give to their children. Because why? They, they, their foundation cannot sustain it. What do they do? They rather give it all and give the children a starting capital. Start to build your own foundation. Before they say blessing, they say breaking. Before the bigger house has to come, this one has to be broken down. Have you ever seen anybody who wants to build a 10 story attached and comes to the, the father's house, which is just one, one caraboard, and says, No, I'll just start building for, on top of the caraboard? No. What do they do? They break it down. But why they are breaking Now people out there say, Right, the man, we are wicked. It's the same to us, us believers. When we are on our knees praying, that's our breaking point people are laughing that and all the blah. are frustrated people and when the time comes of your rising what happens? Of the kings shall come your rising is talking about the dimension of the love of God in us when we understand where God is taking us to and why he's let us be where we are we can only give him praise. amen amen the Bible says and he went verse 14 he went when he has spent all they arose a severe fireman in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that, of that country. And he sent him into his field to feed swine. Hey! for king. Now he goes to feed swine then. Now he feed his swine. you not sure if I job, And he joined, went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Why? The Bible said, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. If he had joined himself with one of his kind, that one of his kind would not send him to this place of shame. Amen. But for his punishment and for him to become humble, to see the benefit of his father's house, he had to be treated this way. The verse 16 says, And he would, he would want to eat. He would faint. He would faint. Had filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave it to him. So he wished that he could eat even the swine, the foot, the foot of the swine. Then no man would give it to him. Seventeen. And when he came to himself, self-realization, a place of repentance. What is repentance? Two words: repent, which means come back to the top, turn back to the top, go back to the place of your origin repentance doesn't only mean repent from sin repent from sin that your true nature is no longer longer sin your true nature is the righteousness of God so when they say repent sister okay you have gone wrong come back to your place in God repent return back hallelujah when he came to himself he said how many hired servants of my my father have bread enough to spare servants and I am perishing with hunger. There's a point where you come as a child of God that you hunger for the love of God. There's a time where you give, you sacrifice because of the love of God. Remember, you love Him because He first loved you. It is I will arise He took a decision. You, nobody accepts Christ by chance. It's by decision. That's why it's a personal decision. He says, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned. He's talking about how he's going to confess. Against heaven and before you. 19. I am and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Sin makes us not worthy to be called the sons of God. That's why Christ came to take our place and give us his place so that we can be worthy to be called sons of of God. He says, make me as one of your hired servant. Let me be a slave. You cannot be a slave to your father's house. That's why when you pray as a believer, don't pray in begging. Lord, I beg you. You are a slave. You are still a servant. You are not a son. Sons don't beg. They ask. Remember, when he was still a son, he came to his father and said, give me. What did he do? Ask for his own share. But when he came back, thinking that he has, his position as a, as a son has been lost, he was coming back as a servant. He said, okay, let me be like one of your higher servant. He's begging to be a servant. Sons don't beg. We ask. We don't beg the devil. We decree on the devil. Okay, there's this other sort of situation. Somebody is starting the family. I lose. Waiting for you to speak. Lose. He so, heaven waits for us to act. He said, no, God knows everything. Why do you need to pray if God knows everything? Yes, He knows everything, but He wants you to understand that you have a place in Him. That's why He say you are God. All of you are children of the Most High. He that sometimes you die like men, men, because of what ignorance. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Proverbs 11 verse 9 says, true knowledge shall just be delivered. You shall know the truth. It makes you free. Know your place in God. You are not a servant. You are not a slave. You are a son. Let's go further. Verse 20. This thing he was still telling Said, what he will go and do. And he arose and came to his father. Let me tell you something. As a believer, if you don't make a movement, you cannot see a change or improvement. Don't say he in the same position. Oh, people will just have pity on me. My father will hear of my predicament and have pity on me. No. That's why you as a child of God, when there's a point in time where you cannot handle some things by yourself, make a movement. Go to your prayer room. Prayer room is not just going to open. People should not come to this room today. Place of prayer is that private place that even in one thirty seconds you can use it. He arose and came to his father. But when he was here, he was coming to his father. But see, the love of God, you see the love of the father when he was yet a great way off. Imagine how old the father was, but he the son did not see the father, it was the father looking and seeing from afar off, which means from the day that this son left the house with his blessings and went and squandered, his father has always been on his look on the lookout. Waiting for him. Why? Because he knows. A tree can change its leaves but not its roots he will go i am the source that what he carried are just the fruits fruits will get right that peck will finish but the tree will still stand he wait for another season that's why the father father could sing for my father of oh, every day he came and stood waiting patiently and that's how the love of god towards us he's always patient the Bible says His mercy endures forever. He is slow to wrath, long-suffering, which means He very patient. Amen. Amen. But when He was yet a great way off, His Father saw Him and had compassion. So ima- ima- imagine, Amen. Amen. All the confession that He said He would come and tell the Father. The Father, did not even wait to hear from me. That is why once you are born again, you have been redeemed from the curse of sin. Hallelujah. You have been redeemed from the curse of sin. So when we become born again, we have been delivered from the curse of sin. So whatsoever happens to us out of this, God is not just waiting for you to come again, to come and start telling him, Lord, I confess, God is expecting you to just sin in your heart. I know I have my father. Uh, just by your thought of saying that I'm going back to my father, the blood of Christ has already been there. It's not waiting to be born again. It has been shed for once. It's just for you to come to that acknowledgement that this, this thing that I did was wrong. Lord, I come back to my original place. I'm living where I squandered it. I'm coming back to my house. Amen. So yet, Say so his father son from a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran so it was not the son that ran it was the father that ran two is supposed to be all the opposite the son was supposed to be the one to run and lie down but instead the father was one that ran and the father was the one that fell on his neck a kiss to the neck has a significance okay the father was one that fell on his neck and kiss him. Verse 21. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and on thy sight, And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Listen, he was making the wrongest of confession, but the father did not answer to it. Listen to what the father said in verse 22. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best rope. Why was it the best rope? In verse 22, we see the manifestation of Isaiah 61, verse 3. Which, if somebody can go to it and read. In the verse 22, where the Bible says that the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best rock and put it on him. Isaiah 61, verse 3. And Isaiah 61, verse 3 says that to appoint unto them that morning in Zion. This young man was mourning. He came back to his place of his father, Zion. And the Bible says to give unto them beauty for ashes. Remember, this is somebody who was dining with swines. Yet, what happened is he came back. He said, Bring him the best robe. What was the reason for the rock? To cover his shame. The father did not want the society to see that the son came back wretched covers their shame. That's why the Bible says that blessed is the man whose sins, <laughs> whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Hey. Hallelujah. It says the joy, the oil of joy for money, and the garment of praise for the spirit of oh, heaviness. That's why the rock was the best. This young man was coming with a heavy heart. I wrote this the love of God has always been to cover our shame now the Bible says the father gave him a new garment, the best and we'll talk about the best who is God's best Jesus, the only begotten, Jesus who is grace personified is God's best that is what God used to cover us, amen When we understand the depth of the love of God and what that means to us, we will have a different mindset and attitude towards his will for us. And as 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Amen. Let's understand is that in the Old Testament, the love of God was concealed in obedience of all his commandments. We know about the 10 commandments, right? 10 commandments was a summary. Actually, there are 611 which, are, which constitute the law of Moses, but there are two that are part of the 10 commandments which is of God himself, the very first two and the Lord of God, which I have no other God you don't make any great image, right? So there are 613. So you have 611 which is going to the law of Moses and then the two that God added himself which makes 613. For the negative commandments, there are 365 which coincides for every single day of the year. So every single day there is a negative commandment. For the positive one, there are 248. Positive commandments. When you read Exodus chapter two, two, chapter twenty, from verse three, you start here about the summary of the of the commandments. When you come to Ezra chapter twenty-one, chapter twenty-two, chapter twenty-three, it's talking about the judgments and the ordinances, where more of the law keep coming. Thou shalt not steal your, the, you take your, your your neighbor's one cow, you back give back for uh, four. all those things were part of the commandment. Hallelujah. Six hundred and 13. (laughs) And let me show you something. The 365 coincides with the number of days in the solar year, and the 248 are are, are ascribed to the number of bones and main organs in the human body. So the positive ones, the 248, are ascribed to the human body. That was based on the, the, the knowledge of the people then. Today we know that are 206 bones in the body, right? And then there are 22 main organs. Now, why the Old Testament people considered it to be 248 was because they considered those much more nodules not in our in our fingers and our toes, which make us 248. They too did anatomy. Human biology so to them they were 248 so all the positive laws were given to the body why was the positive laws to the body because the body represents the church the temple of god <laughs> let me not go too much into that, into that direction amen knowledge is powerful let's see something In the Old Testament, the love of God was conceived in obedience of all His commandments, the law. It was tough love based entirely on your ability to obey. And yet there were consequences as no one could obey it all. James chapter 2 verse 10. Whosoever shall keep the whole law, the six hundred and thirteen. And yet, offend in one point, he or she is guilty of all. How can you obey six hundred and thirteen? And by the way, majority of the of the, the thirteen were negative. We are here that we cannot even remember the names the names of our classmates. They have to remember six hundred thirteen laws every single day. you Have to remember them, which means everything you are doing, you have to look for one law which you have broken or not. That's why Jesus Christ saying, "I did not come to destroy this law or the prophets." I came to fulfill because nobody can do it. Amen. Now, I was talking about the Old Testament love of God. In the New Testament, the New Testament shows us the love of God revealed through righteousness. In the obedience of the person of Christ Jesus for all. Christ is the express image of the person of God and the full expression of the dimension of the love of God of God. For God so loved the world, He sent his express image to show for his dimension of love towards us. The love of God is a love that gives, that supplies, that blesses, that empowers, that elevates, that sustains. It is a love that says, blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Romans chapter 4 verse 7. It is the law that says your sins and your iniquities will I remember no more. Romans chapter 8 verse 12 and 10 verse 17. God said it. you so shall be to me sons and daughters and your sins and your iniquities will I remember no more. Romans chapter 4 verse ten is talking about Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And Hebrew is talking about the fact that your sins and the iniquities, the two of them, I don't even need to remember. I don't need to forgive and I don't need to cover. I just don't need to remember anymore. Why? Because if you go back to the Old Testament, all of those were put inside the mercy, under the mercy seat. Where God was on top of the mercy sin, God always looked down and sees the blood of Christ. He doesn't remember your sin. He looks better at the sacrifice and remember the sacrifice of sin. Hallelujah. How much the Father loves us. Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost, our union with the Father, what connects us to the Godhead, be with you all. Amen. That's why I always end by saying, grace and peace be multiplied. We hope you've been blessed by this message from the Tower Church Gathering. God bless you.